Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRuta, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, May 14, 2017. Our text for the day is found in Acts, starting in chapter 7, verse 54, and going to chapter 8, verse 1a. When they heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died, and Saul approved of their killing him. I used to think that it was because she was a naval veteran that my mother was so good at psychological warfare. But in fact, it had nothing to do with her being a naval veteran and everything to do with her being a mother. Mother's Day is a very, very interesting day. It's the most dangerous holiday in the entire year in the life of the church. Because there are so many women that I know personally who will never set foot in a church on Mother's Day because it's too painful. The reality of having to face the dysfunction that comes with the thought of their mother just rips their souls out. And when it rips their souls out, it also rips mine out. Because I hate to think that someone would not feel they could come in this day. But I also think part of that tension helps us look at the text for the day. As recorded in the second part of Luke's Gospel, also known as the book of Acts. We see some hard things going on in the book of Acts. A lot of times we look at the book of Acts and we may remember them throwing lots to choose the next disciple. We may remember Acts 2 as the day of the churches coming into formation through Pentecost. We may remember Saul's conversion. But there's a lot of stuff in Acts that, quite frankly, I wish wasn't there. And I wish it wasn't there because it is so hard. And I wish it wasn't there because it makes you and I have to challenge what we believe, what we think, and how we react. I wish it wasn't there because even though I know what's good for me, I don't want to do it. In many ways, I think the book of Acts, indeed the entire book of the entire scripture, the entirety of the whole thing, could have been written by a mother because a mother's job is to not do what their children want or what their children like. A mother's job is to teach children what they need to know. And it is a mother's job to teach them how to live. And sometimes being a mother means telling your children they're going to do something. The United States of America may be a democratic republic, but I did not grow up in a democracy in my house. There was no family vote, and there was no participation trophies. 
It was very simple. My will be done, mine being mother's, of course. And that's okay. That's why mom and dad have been married almost 50 years. Some things she's right about and other things he's wrong about, okay? And once you figure that out, life is good. But in this passage with Stephen and the stoning of Stephen, we get at the core of some of the hard truths that you and I face as disciples of Christ. And we must never forget these stories. We must never forget these lessons as we seek to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world. Now, if we, you've heard me speak a lot about how the fact you can't read just a text separate from everything else. But there's stuff that went on before and there's stuff that's coming after. And before this text, if you go back to the very beginning of the seventh chapter of Acts, Stephen is basically telling the entirety of the Christian story going back to creation. He's telling the story of what all God has done, how God has delivered, how God has been faithful, how God has redeemed. And yet not everybody wanted to hear that message. Not everybody was ready to hear the message of reconciliation and redemption. Not everybody was ready to hear the story of God's creation. Because when we focus on who God is and we focus on the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we are focusing somewhere other than the life of the world. And that is why when Kayla read this morning in verse 54, when they had heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. Which draws us to our first point of the day. Telling God's redemptive story will not always be received well. Telling God's redemptive story will not always be received well. We have fallen into a trap in our society where we think that it is outrageous that people are hostile to Christianity. There is an entire industry in the political and the civic realm that is making millions off of people's outrage that Christianity is not accepted and everybody just not, not everybody accepts Jesus. And yet here we are in the middle of the story in the church's early days. Stephen is telling the story of God's work. And instead of being happy and falling prostrate and going, oh, we believe. There were people not happy to hear this story. We're in the middle of the series. He is risen and reminding ourselves that Easter is not a day, but it's a season. It's not just a season, but it's a way of life. And we must remember it ain't easy to live as people of the resurrection because we can tell God's redemptive story. But it's not always going to be received well. Second thing we see is that Stephen has a vision because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. My friends, we must remember on this day the mindset that comes not just with a good mother, but with faithful disciples. And that is, we are called to do the right thing, no matter the consequences. 
We are called to proclaim the story. We are called to live the life. But we must remember that those who find value and the temporal power recoil when confronted with the glory of God's majesty. Those who find value in temporal power recoil when confronted with the glory of God's majesty. Stephen saw something that is not visible in many ways to those who are not filled with the Spirit. But you notice what the reaction was. They covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against Him. You and I have to realize that as we learn, live, and tell the Gospel story, we may be putting ourselves in danger. How many of you, raise your hand, how many of you have ever heard the the idea that you don't share your faith because you don't want to offend someone? Raise your hand. It's one of those things we've taught ourselves in polite society. We don't want to share our faith because we don't want to offend someone. Right? I got news for you. It's right there in Scripture. You share your faith, people are going to be offended. They're not going to want to hear it. But yet nowhere in Scripture do we see you get a pass for not sharing your faith because you don't want to offend someone. Stephen's standing right there in the middle of all the action and he's telling them, tell the story. And then they began to, then they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul while they were stoning Stephen. He prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and he cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Let's be honest. There are many, if not all of us in this room that have not gone through some sort of hell due to the action of another. Through a betrayal, through violence, through crime, through mental and physical abuse, and where we may not have physically been stoned to death, but spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, we have been stoned to death. And what was Stephen's reaction to being stoned to death? Did Stephen stand up and say, I'm going to start torturing you as well? Did Stephen adopt an attitude of vengeance? Did Stephen adopt an attitude of, how dare you? Do you not know who I am? No, indeed. Stephen showed you and I, the people of the church, that in the face of persecution, we are to offer grace and forgiveness. Let me say that again. In the face of persecution, we are to offer grace and forgiveness. There is nothing more sad or pathetic in the world than someone who claims the Christian faith and yet is a grudge holder. 
There is nothing more sad, tragic, and pathetic than someone who claims Christ, but yet holds on, clings to, and spreads anger, bitterness, and division. Because the fact of the matter is, we are all guilty of sinning against another. There is a reason why in his prayer Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. It is part of our nature as the Easter people. And no, it ain't easy. It ain't easy to have the attitude of Stephen. Now, do not believe in the middle of this statement that I am telling you, you have to stay in the middle of an abusive relationship. I am not telling you, you have to stay in the midst of torture. I'm not telling you, you have to stay in a place or a setting where you're being beaten physically, mentally, emotionally, or psychologically. But I am saying that we cannot allow our lives to be so consumed with bitterness, anger, and rage against those who have upset us, offended us, or tortured us that we put our own souls in jeopardy. But then there's one final little piece that goes along with that grace and forgiveness of those who persecute us. And look at this. After he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them, when he said this, he died. And Saul approved of their killing. There was this guy, Saul. As it was written later, as for righteousness under the law, Saul was blameless. He was a zealot. He was one who made his life trying to eradicate the Christian church from the entirety of the world, from the planet, and to make it to where it never existed because Saul was that much of a zealot. And yet you start, you keep reading in Acts and just a few chapters later, you see that Saul winds up. Saul winds up becoming a faithful disciple of Christ. Saul winds up becoming so transformed. He goes from Saul to Paul and he winds up writing the majority of the New Testament upon which we base a lot of our faith, our belief, and our doctrine. And that brings us to the final point of this passage and this message today. Today's persecutor can become tomorrow's saint. So be careful. Today's persecutor can become tomorrow's saint. So be careful. Because I get asked a lot, why should I forgive? Why should I let go? Why shouldn't I stay angry? Why shouldn't I let them continue to have control over me days, weeks, months, years later? After all, you don't know the hell they put me through. Saul put the church through hell and yet wound up one of the great saints of the church. Part of the reason we extend grace and forgiveness is not to stay in an abusive situation. But part of the reason we are called to not be people of anger and bitterness, part of the reason why we are called to be people of forgiveness is not because it's easy, but it is because we don't know the bigger story. We don't see the bigger picture. Where we may see violence, where we may see anger, where we may see betrayal, God sees the possibility of redemption. And that's why that is there. Is because those who approve of it today could wind up being those who lead us tomorrow. And so, dear friends, He is risen. And it ain't easy to deal with that reality. But let us remember, let us remember that in the hard times, 
We are to do what we are called to do because it's not about us, but it's about God. And may God's glory through the resurrection never lose its luster. I started this message telling you about my mother who engaged in psychological warfare. And I'm going to end with my mother. She and I are very close. I love my mother so much. She's the third most important woman in my life behind my wife and my daughter. And she's okay with that. But those things that Mama told me to do that I didn't want to do, those situations Mama made me enter even though I was uncomfortable, they were in my best interest. Let's remember that what God tells us to do has a bigger purpose, even if we can't see it. That is the message of the stoning of Stephen. And this, my friends, is the word that I share with you today in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of Deritter, Louisiana. Find out more about us at fumcderitter.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash fumcdr. Have a blessed day.